Cheers. Hell yeah. Here we go. Dude, how fitting. Oh, there's a vodka in here? I think it's vodka. What the yeah. fuck? Well, goddamn, I didn't think I'd start my day like this. <laughs> yeah, dude, I had to I had to bring something, man. I'd never been on someone else's podcast before. I had my first time on someone else's a couple days ago. I was on Bassano's. Mike Bassano's. I was just listening to his episode, yeah. Yeah, that was um, I was really interesting to be on the other side of the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I right. didn't have to really think about any questions. I could just kind of free flow. Yeah, pressure's off. Yeah. I don't know how you feel, right? At, you haven't been doing this for that long, right? Like, Two months, yeah, about two months. You've got a ton of episodes, man. Yeah. And uh, that's that's cool because I've technically had mine for like three years. No and kidding. Yeah, and I have like 18 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> part, part of the reason is because I, I wanted to do video, mm-hmm. right? And so I just started doing that. And motherfuck, is it a task? It is. It, it really is. The, the editing is not that hard when you can cut out the oohs and ahs uh, through audio, mm-hmm. but, um, with video it, stuff just looks interesting on camera and I yeah. fool myself into thinking that it's going to be interesting on audio. Mm, I see. Um, and yeah. And I have a thing with just like buying equipment that I'm not going to use. I'm the same way, same way. And then I can never sell it because they're unsellable. Yeah, dude. I just fool myself into thinking like if I get the good shit, then I'll be good. <laughs> And it's not the way it works. Dude, I'm I, for this podcast, I actually went to, I, I did so much research where I was like, okay, because I was the same way. I like the best shit. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I got to be really smart about this because I'm fucking jobless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I literally was like, I had, I, had, I had an upgrade on my phone, so I didn't get a camera. I just upgraded my phone. And then this was, this is right here is my favorite piece of equipment ever. Like I've worked with cameras. I've worked with other sound stuff. But this right here is just so user friendly and it's so reliable, dude. Yeah. And it's about a hundred bucks. So cool, man. Yeah. What do you, what's your podcast about? I don't know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know yet, dude. And that's the, that's the thing. I, I, I I started having guests on, um, not that long ago. And, uh, I had one with four people, uh, about six months ago. I see. I'm, I can't publish it now for reasons I can't explain, but, uh, it, it's just it's just too much work, and so I want to do it more. Just like, just me. I, I, if, oh, dude, that's a great way, especially because yeah. like, like I mean, I was talking to someone about it earlier today, Theo Vaughn. Yeah, he's like one of those guys where he doesn't need a guest. He mm-hmm. can just fucking riff off whatever topics the producers give him or whatever he wants to talk about, and everything is so interesting that he says. Yeah, I think you do well with that. Thanks, honestly. man. Yeah, I, I um I have recorded. I mean, I don't know. You sit down and you start to do one on your own, mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes it's dog shit. And and the thing is, part of the reason why it's a defense mechanism, part of the reason why I don't want to have a guest is because if I embarrass myself, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassing myself, and it's just me in there, right? If I have someone over, I've had a couple that guests before where like they sucked, so I didn't publish it, and then I've had a couple where I've sucked and I publish it because I don't want them to think that I wasted their time. Oh uh, yeah, I feel it. Yeah, I don't like um, talk. Going back to like kind of like the process of all this, dude. I, I say it's just simplify it. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. have, don't worry about the uhs and ums, yeah, because that dude, you'll just it. Because I found out, especially doing it like with uh, in film, when I would do it in documentaries, when I would take out the ahs and ums, it there was no room for the audience to kind of like 
have what the person just said settle. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because it, it's so natural for us to say, oh, and, um, like, I'm sure we've, I've done it already 20 times just sure. four minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, that, that's one thing. And then, like, the only time I really cut out us and ums is when I do those clips. Yeah. And I think another thing is, like, I'm just tired of hearing myself talk. I'm t- so tired of myself, mm. dude. Like, w- we both go to open mics right. a lot. And, uh, and, I mean, doing awfully at one and then going down to sit down to do a podcast is like, uh, I, I don't, I, I couldn't make them laugh. <laughs> I'm not gonna, sometimes, I don't know, man. Some, it's, it's a coin toss these days, but yeah. um, r- right now I'm kind of, I'm not stressing about like how often I'm gonna, by the way, we're podcasting about podcasting now. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you feel free to pivot anytime now, but um, I kind of want to just have it for now. I'm not sticking myself to like this, rigid schedule mm-hmm. i just release one when i release one yeah you know it's that's, not like anyone's listening anyway that's see and that's why i fucking i don't i don't really edit anything out unless you or uh-huh. the guest feels like okay we need to cut this out you know cool. what I mean? which if anytime you feel that way just let me know so when i'm editing i can cut it out cool but um yeah i know that, that was my thing i was just like well no one's gonna fucking listen to us anyway so fuck it you know what i mean i'm just gonna post it up like the whole thing unedited you know what I mean? On YouTube and just go with it. Yeah, man. And see what happens. You know, yeah. I think one, one thing that, uh, we, you know, you're a funny dude and it's people want to see stuff when it's raw mm-hmm. and watch it grow. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. when I discover a podcast, like I'll go to the beginning right? and just kind of, even though it already happens, like I'm just, I'm discovering it. And so I'm growing with it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man. That, and I feel like, but I feel like, especially with mine, it's just like the whole point of it is just for me to learn. Like, it, again, dude, it was crazy because today uh, a comedian was just like, yeah, dude, I've seen all the commercials and he just started. And he was just like, they help me, you know, or they help him. Whatever clips I pick is helping him to with his comedy. Right. So that's one thing that now I'm starting to see like people come out and say that they've been watching and they've actually been learning and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So that's for me is like, it's also gratifying. You know what I mean? That people are taking yeah. the time to kind of like listen to what, you guys have to say because again the whole thing is really just me trying to learn like i'm kind of like you scratch my back i scratch yours you know what i mean like i can bring the skills of whatever filmmaking skills i have into this and more so it's just you guys just teaching me because i've learned so much from everybody dude there's not been one person that at least haven't given me at least one nug that i haven't taken to the stage for sure man i'm so grateful for stand-up so far Mm -hmm. um and it's it's uh i mean you know that it sucks yeah but it's but you learn a lot and you suck with other people who suck mm-hmm. and then everyone and then you get better and everyone else around you gets better ideally and uh and it's it's a it's a cool thing man like sometimes I'll just trip out on the fact that I'm doing it just doing open mics right you know like yeah. I have shows and stuff too but like it's the daily mics like it feels like we're I've heard it described as like trying to paint a mountain with one stroke at a time Mm -hmm. just like with like if you could picture like a you're just dipping this bucket of paint and you're just you're just drawing and drawing and drawing and eventually it starts to like have some dimensionality you know Mm -hmm. it's not just like this line on the ground like it's got something it's got a foundation to it there's something to it now Mm -hmm. you know and uh yeah how long have you been doing comedy uh two years this last may okay okay yeah why'd you start um, it's a good question, man. I, 
I've always liked... I think the first time I got a taste of like what it was like to like perform mm-hmm. um, is uh, you are you familiar with uh, Abbott and Costello? I'm yes. sure you are. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So they've got this they've got this sketch I guess called uh, Who's on First? And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and my brother one year, uh, my brother Daniel, we got this animatronic like foot tall Abbott and Costello, and uh, and you just push a button, and they did the entire thing like the full nine minutes. And me and my brother would like like memorize it, mm-hmm. like we just mm-hmm. listen, watch and listen, like and um, and we would like quote it and get laughs and stuff, and so that felt cool. But um, I think uh, I think it had been a while after that since I like discovered like stand up. I remember seeing like you know my parents would watch. They got like a Bill Cosby. Um, special on every once in a while, and I, I would I would watch that. I don't know if I was ready for it, but I could tell that it was funny. I right. didn't know I didn't know why yet, but I could tell like this is something special, right? You know, right? And uh, kind of just tripping out on the fact that like this was the, this guy's job. Like he didn't have to run around. Like that's how he went to work. Like he yeah. didn't have fucking documents to and files and like a briefcase to carry around. You know, right? Um, yeah. What about you? Why I started? Yeah. Um, it was always something I wanted to do. Like uh, like you, I was a kid, and I Jim Carrey was just like the guy I would always watch. Yeah. Um, and then Mad TV and SNL, you know what I mean? Like kind of those sketches where just being funny was just like, holy shit, that seems so far away, especially for Filipinos. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's something I never I never saw a Filipino who's a comedian until like Joe Coy and J.R. De Guzman. So yeah. the whole stand-up thing, I was always told that I would – could possibly do it i just never had the balls to do it man Mm -hmm. and like eight years ago when i was living in san francisco i was i had my first like three minutes ready i went to my first open mic and everyone before me bombed and like two people before me i just left yeah because i was like this is too much and i didn't even think about it up until literally about three weeks before i did my first open mic uh three months ago and Immediately, I fell in love with it, dude. I bombed, or yeah. I bombed at least the first half. You know what I mean? And then I was a little drunk. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So that the alcohol kicked in, and then it really helped. And I stepped off stage. I was like, my girlfriend was right. I shouldn't do this. Uh huh. But she was the first person to come up to me, and she's like, "You have to do this. Yeah. You have to." And I was like, "What?" I was like, yeah, "I literally just bombed." And she right. goes, "No, you didn't. You had the, like the loudest laughs." I was like, "What?" And I thank God that my dad recorded it, because if he didn't, I don't think I would have done it ever again. Yeah, I think um, there's something pushes you to do it, right? Uh, whatever it is, um, but Agreed. Um, someone someone said to me, to me, I don't know. It's probably to someone else, and then I just listened to it on a podcast. That's how I learn stuff, you know. I of just, course, I just get I get my news from fourth wall <laughs> open mics, but uh, but someone super said, reliable though, more reliable <laughs> than CNN. I'll tell you that much, dude. So far, man. Um, <laughs> Uh, and someone said, uh, it's never as bad. It's never as good as you think it is, but it's also never as bad. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of like, that's been mostly true so far. Like every once in a while, like I'll have like a really good mic or a really good show. And like, it's as good as it, as it it felt. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, I kind of stand up. I kind of just always figured that I would do it. I just always thought like I'm gonna do that 
I didn't think about like selling. I mean, I'll never sell an arena. I don't think that's it within my spirit. You know, I don't think I'm capable of that. But I figured like uh, to some scale, I'll do stand up one day. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I was not super young, but definitely like before like middle school. Uh, and in high school, I met some of my best friends today in Bakersfield. Um, and they were the, they were just like the most unique and most funny people that I knew. And, um, and they, and they were worlds funnier than me, I think. Uh, but, um, and so it just kind of started with like trying to make them laugh because I felt like if, if I could, I was already hanging around them and stuff, but I didn't really feel like I belonged until I started to get those kinds of laughs. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, just just real quick, uh, I I also I don't know if I told you this already, but I I told my friends and family that I had like been doing stand up um, for years before I ever did it. No kidding. Yeah. Like I told, like I, like the people that loved me do it and they were like proud of me for it and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've been, you know, and then like, how's it going? Like, ah, you know, it's tough, but I'm, you know, I'm getting laughs yeah. and like, I would just, I would just regurgitate shit that like I would hear comics say on their podcasts or whatever it was early in their careers. Like they're talking about mics and I would just copy paste like shit. No that, kidding. Dude. Yeah, dude. I was a fucking liar. What? Why? 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 Um, because I, I, it didn't come from nowhere. Don't get me wrong. Like I was definitely lying, but it, I was writing. I started, I, I wrote for the stage. Like I was writing bits and stuff Mm. for like a full seven years before I ever did it once. Are you serious? Yeah. But I got the reason why it took me so long was because I, I, one of the reasons, but I think the, the most prevalent one was like, I thought it was about the words and, and to an extent it is, but I was so meticulous about how I would write. Mm. And it was like surgical with like the, like syllables and it, like it sat, it was like music, you know? Right. And I thought that you had to have it just like memorized yeah, and memorized. Yeah. And, and I would never really do it out loud because I th- I knew immediately oh this isn't this isn't gonna work I can't just do it out loud I just have to memorize it, mm. um, and same as you I went to one open mic, um, right before pandemic oh wow, and it was um, not next up but Rockham something uh uh I won't remember it but. Uh, I signed up and then left. I just didn't, like they called my name and I just didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing was, dude, like everyone was pretty good. Yeah, man. And so I thought, I thought that's what open mics were. I thought Mm, everyone was like like, a show almost. Yeah. Yeah. I thought everyone was pretty good. Right. And so then I just didn't, I, and, uh, and so I just didn't. Um, and then, Right after pandemic ended, I was, I remember I was listening to, um, Rogan and he had this, he was talking to someone about just starting to, he wasn't, he was just starting to build his club Mm -hmm. in Austin Mm -hmm. and he was talking about like, yeah, this is going to be like a a place for the comics. Like, and I want newcomers to be here and I want all this and that. And 
I just started thinking like, dude, if I'm, if it's, if it takes as long as they say to find your voice, whatever that means, right? Like this, this club could open and close before I'm ready. Mm. And so I was, Hmm. And I had just been so tired of lying. Like my girlfriend now, I told I was doing co- no like kidding, before dude. we like when we met, I told it was one of it was like I I told her I did stand up and like and she would ask like how is that? I'm like oh it's good. It's great. <laughs> it sucks sometimes, but I you know, I get laughs. And um and so then I and so I just got t- like my grandma thought I was getting paid to do stand up comedy. No fucking way, dude. Before I did it once. And, um, and I guess, so I got tired of that dude cause I was a liar. Yeah. And so I figured like, I just, I was journaling and I was, you know, I was sick and tired of like calling myself a bitch. And so I just like, I, I, I was like, when I put the pen down, like I'm putting it down and I'm driving to the nearest mic. Mm-hmm. And so I drove to the, um, I drove to the ha ha mm-hmm. for their okay. Wednesday or something yeah. bucket mic. And, uh, and the guy asked like, you could do five or 10 minutes. And so, yeah, he was like, what do you want? I was like 10. No fucking way, dude. Yeah, Jesus, dude. bro. And so, Damn. and then, and uh, he was like, all right, cool. And he didn't think about it. And so he gave me the ticket. And then I went into the bathroom and like, I, I was like shadow boxing <laughs> in the, in the bathroom. Right. And I was like, just like losing my mind going like 10 minutes. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? You take dude. the universal amount of time. That's too long for most open micers and you double it your first time you know yeah and so then i i i ended up doing i was like third or fourth on the lineup um and i didn't do any material like it it, when i think back on it and like i talk about it out loud like it sounds so i don't know pretentious or whatever like to like really self-important but like it it felt like a spiritual experience because i went up there and i told the truth i didn't do any material i told the truth i told about how my grandma thought i was getting paid and my grand my grand my my girlfriend who i love and my mom like and 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 i got laughs like and it was it was it was like spiritual you know and so i drove home and I, I told, I didn't, I never told anyone this, but I, anyone else, I told my mom, she was the first one I called and I was like, Hey, I'm a fucking piece of shit liar, but I'm not anymore. Cause now I do stand up. <laughs> uh, and then I told my girlfriend that night when she came over, but, um, and they received it how I uh, hoped, which was with love and going like, well, why did, why would you do that? And right. Like, oh, well now I'm very, I'm now I, I'm now I'm proud of you again, but now you deserve it. Yeah. Right. So let's get into that, the fucking lying thing, because yeah. I feel like in my experiment experience that a lot of Filipinos will do that. Lie. Yeah. Yeah. Lie. Straight up out of their ass, dude. Filipino town, dude. The Filipinos. So yeah. So let's get into that. Like for me, I just feel like it's because of the pressure parents put on us, man, mm. when we're kids, you know what I mean? And it's like, we kind of have to fucking finagle our way into being like, maybe like a white lie almost, right? Like yeah. one of those things where it's just like... No, I didn't do that. Or yeah, I did do that, but I didn't. You're not going to admit to all of it, mm-hmm. type shit. Yeah. I wonder where that stems from, man. I wonder what that is because I've. I'm not going to lie. My parents are immigrants. I've seen them lie a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just weird how it feels like it's common with Filipinos mm-hmm. to lie. Yeah, and to steal, but, to, <laughs> but never get caught. Yeah, we're very good at it. Uh, mostly the mostly women, mostly <laughs> Filipino women. Um, 
Yeah, I worked at a lot of restaurants, and every every time I saw a Filipino, I was like, I'm not, I can't, I can't. Same here, dude. I'm not going to take them. <laughs> they steal. <laughs> and my manager would go like, that's racist. I'm like, I'm Filipino. And so it can't be racist. Yeah. yeah. And, they'll, and they'll watch, and they'll steal. I'm like, yeah, I told you. Like, they'll take full... My, my grandmother has, like, you know, Knott's Berry Farm? Yeah. She has full, multiple, like, uh, jelly holders... No way! Like with dude. the with the Knott's Berry Farm jelly, but the metal holders. She's got like three of them, <laughs> right? And so and like and and like cups and yeah. Tabasco bottles. Yeah, I remember like in a, at a McDonald's, like my mom would tell me to go inside and grab a shit ton of napkins. That's right. Right. We go to Chevron, and my dad would be fucking taking out all the fucking paper napkins in yeah. there. So it's, it's it's like they're stealing, but they're like stealing free stuff. Right. You know what I mean? So it's is it okay? Yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? They're stealing from corporations. It's not like we're going to the, a neighbor's house and like we're taking their fucking dog. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Even, it, it, but real quick on that, even if you were, though, uh, just do a better job with the dog <laughs> than the neighbor would. I really believe that, dude. If you're going to steal a dog, be better for the dog. Don't let it, don't be worse. If you're marginally better, then I don't think it's wrong. That's fair. I would say that's fair. I would say that's fair. It is. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into this because you, the, I've been doing this podcast, like you said, this is number 21, so it's only right that we drink on it. Cool. Vegas, baby. Right on. Um, but a lot of people say it takes years for them to develop their voice. Now, again, I'm very new at this, only three months in, but I feel like you already have a voice, which to me, it's wild. That, like you see some comics up there and then obviously they start study other comics and they're doing the same thing physically and the way they intonate, you know what I mean? Their cadence of how they tell the jokes. Yeah. You, I don't know who you study, but you, you all around together, the only one I, in my, I believe you're fucking different than everybody, dude. The way you, oh, shit. the way you present yourself and the way you, I love about you is that you embrace the silence. Mm, yeah. You embrace the silence and that is so hard for me to do. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll even have to just throw an um or a uh, let's see, you know what I mean, something. But you will sit there and just I see you thinking. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Right. So what, I don't know how, how you did it, but I feel like again, like and, and I'm very novice at this, but I feel like you have your voice already, and this is something that other comics have said. This is like a five, ten year thing they have to find. Yeah. But it seems like you have yours. Do you agree with that, or how do you feel about that? Thanks, man. I mean, that's a pretty cool compliment. Um... I don't I, it's it's hard to say um if I have that voice I think like the I don't know like it doesn't I, don't, even I, s- I still don't I still don't really know what that means the thing is that you don't, it doesn't look like you're performing that's what mm, it is okay. a lot of people like I remember my first open mic I had to do like a performance because my writing was shitty you know what I mean yeah. and like my form my performance and energy was there but I like you because it it seems like all your material is just taken from real life experiences. Yeah. Right? And you can riff off. And maybe it's because that's how you started. Maybe because you had 10 minutes where you just had to tell the truth. Right. You know what I mean? So and, and every time you, I see you at an open mic, dude, it's just like, dude, this really happened to you. And I can tell, like, you're a great storyteller, bro. And again, dude, it's just, it's wild to me how you, out of everyone I've met, have just a different way of performing or just 
talking. And then I went to go see you at the fourth wall, actually, like, you know, a show. Yeah. And dude, it was, it was wild, bro. I could not believe it, man. Cool, man. Thanks, dude. Uh, of course, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. I think one thing that I can say for sure, if it's at a show or an open mic, is I'm still like back to those seven years of like of feeling like this is what I was gonna do, mm-hmm. and then those few years where I was like not doing it but everyone thought I was right (laughs) was like I'm still I'm just so happy to be doing it right and um I can kind of like if it's going well or if it's going bad like I'll I'll jump out of my body sometimes and go like man this is you're you're doing it right and then and you're doing it with like not that much history of of evidence that you can even mm. right like stand up specifically like mm-hmm. i think i think half of half i don't know people say half of you know what whatever the percentage is but like it, i think like a, a good portion of it is like trying to like get with girls <laughs> yeah okay you yeah. know yeah um and and uh and you're just kind of like trying stuff out mm-hmm. and you could and you're trying to like read like is this working for you you know and i'm I, I i i think i pride myself in like being pretty perceptive of like whether someone is whether someone like likes me or not and i think that's where it starts like mm. if i if i'm watching and i and there's if it's if it goes on too long, if someone's starting to drone, much like I am now, like <laughs> I start to hate, I start to want to kill them. Yeah. You know, I don't want to listen to them anymore, yeah. right? And uh, and I think I think I was telling someone this the other day. I think part of the problem is so many comics at our level don't know how to bring the audience along. What are you trying to say? But you do it well, dude. I will not lie. You do it. Like, if that's a fucking thing that you don't know how you do, then all power to you because that is so hard for, it's a struggle for me. Yeah. I don't know what, like, I don't know what I'm saying to catch their attention and shit, but it seems like you have figured it out, bro. Yeah. Really. Cool, man. Thanks. I mean, I, uh, I hope it gets, I hope it gets better. I hope, I hope this isn't for nothing, you know? Right. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. and I can't think about that mm-hmm. f- at all without, going into some sort of a spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now I'm just trying to like, just be fucking grateful for Joe Menente, honestly, Dude. man. Like, and the place that he built and like the, and other mics too, but that mm-hmm. place, it was the second mic I went to and and by a Same. massive majority, Same. that's the place I go to. Oh yeah, me too, me too. And uh, it just feels like what I, what I dreamed that place would look like. Yeah, dude. Like when I pictured doing stand up and I heard about open mics and like the it's dark and it's dirty yep, and dungeon. it's it's du- dungeon, everything's black. Uh dead comics line the walls, the bathroom is garbage. <laughs> There's a pile of rubble in the corner and someone pissed all over it 10 minutes earlier, you know? <laughs> There's always a piece of shit not in the toilet. <laughs> Right? Like, that is what I want. 
Um, but I just, I just love doing it, man. And I love hanging with you guys. Like people talk about like how they want to, they want to make, uh, they want to learn to make a crowd laugh. Like they don't want to make other comics mm. laugh necessarily. I, I do want to learn how to do that, but I get the greatest joy out of making comics laugh. Right. Like that's, that's the sweet I think spot that's harder, me, man. Like I, I love that. I think it's way harder than fucking making a regular audience laugh. Way to make comedians laugh, you know what I mean? It's so yeah. hard, especially the ones that are experienced, like and like we're talking about right now, the NoHo one. Good God, uh-huh. go to the open mic out there, geez, you get nothing. Yeah, nothing, Dude, nothing. No, you know, and when you get it, it is earned, earned. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any tips though? Like what? Like what do you do to kind of like? prepare for an open mic or for a show like what's your writing process like if that because oh, again like i said it just seems like you're just you have these stories and you take them to the stage and then you figure out them out at an open mic that's what it seems like it doesn't seem like you and if you do write it's just like jotting shit down right i think i because i took so much time away from myself like just being obsessive and surgical with the writing i i've swung in the completely other direction mm. like i'll write out bits now but if I overwrite it, then it something kind of dies. Yeah, hundred um, percent, dude. And particularly for shows, um, I will be working on something for a week or three days or whatever it is. Um, but almost without fail, I step on stage and it all goes out the window. I don't do that material. Jesus, dude. Good God. Um, and and I don't I don't know if that's a uh, if that's a great thing. Um, I think like it does force you. I think it's that is more of a long game mm. muscle to build. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the short term, it's it's stunningly it's worked out pretty well so far. Um, I have had a couple instances where I kind of fuck myself that way, mm. but I just, I want it to feel real for, for the audience, but I, I need it to feel real for me. Right. Because if I run something for a week and, you know, I do it two or three times, um, in that week or a day for, for that week, like, and rarely I'll do that. But if I did that, um, it's dead. Yeah, it loses its legs, dude. Yeah, dude. I don't want to talk about it right. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think like part the if someone is reading off a teleprompter and it's objectively funny, mm-hmm. but they are not into it, mm-hmm. they feel like they are lying, which is how I feel when I repeat bits, then it'll fall flat. At the very best, it it works right but when a comic is up there and you could tell that they're just like telling the truth yeah the baseline jumps way up right because they feel like the audience feels like this is just for me you know damn bro damn that's what i think that's good that could be nothing holy shit i see that now but when you so when you go up for a show, uh, how do you know? Like, do you ever do you ever switch gears and like 
in the middle of a bit or something, you decide like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And you're kind of like running overtime. I love that feeling. Like you're just in a different gear yeah. that you can't, you, it's very difficult to get into in a great open mic. Right. Mm. Um, but do you ever pivot last moment and go like, fuck this. Like I'm on to the next thing or this is something I've never worked out on stage before. Or this is a new thought, you know, I've, I've only had one show, so I can't really. Oh, answer. okay. Yeah. But, in terms of open mics, I've done that maybe a handful of times, and the most recent time I did it was Jacob Rosales's uh, No Bad Mics. Have you been there? It's a, no. you should go, bro. You should go. You kill there. It's great. It's a great room. Jacob um, cool. And that was the first time I had like I, I had my bits ready, and that was the first time where in the middle of it, because I was getting so much laughs on a joke, I just pivoted into some of the material I had prepped for that joke, uh-huh. and I went into that, and it fucking killed, bro. Yeah. And that was the first time where I was like, okay, I see, I can see how people kind of like throw their bits into the conversation now, yes. because some of the bits that I worked on, I'd never even flushed out before. It was just uh, an experience that I had with my dad, and I just was riffing on it and talking about it, and I had the whole room, bro. Mm-hmm. And I haven't. That was like a week or two ago, and I haven't been able to replicate that yet because I don't know, dude. Like I, I was talking to another comic about this, but. I just struggled from going from an improv mic to an open mic. Like, I don't know if you saw it yesterday. The improv mic, I got bits out of that, dude. Like, the mm-hmm. whole British the accent thing. Right. I, I, I'm writing, I hope wrote a whole bit about that now. And then I go onto the open mic and all the stuff that I prepped and writ, written, I got nothing, bro. Yeah. And that stuff that I prepped, I practiced at the Fourth Wall Cafe, like, a, the day before, and it killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a writer's room. And they were giving me all this feedback. And I tried it, and I was like, dude, so I can't. I don't know how to just fucking make it sound like I'm having a conversation yet, which you, this yeah. is why I'm saying you do so well, dude, where Thanks, it's just like, man. again, it's, I don't know how your writing process is, but I'm assuming it's just, you know, what I just said where you just jot shit down and life experience, but you do that so well to where I'm like, that's what they're talking about with the voice. Yeah. Like you don't need that. And maybe it's because you're just naturally talented at riffing on the truth up on stage. But dude, that it's, I, I find it so difficult for not only myself, but I see it with other comics, comics who've been doing it for years. Right. You know, and it just comes out so natural for you. Even the first day I saw you, bro. Yeah. It was just like, holy fuck, who is this guy? Thanks, man. Again, like that's a, that's a really cool compliment. Um, I, the way that I'm starting to look at, and I, I think this began when I, when I stepped off stage from my first mic, I don't know if you felt this way, but, the second I stepped off stage, I felt like a better writer. I did. I didn't. I couldn't put my finger on hmm. what it was that made me feel that way. Hmm. But the something about the set made me go, okay, it's it's way less about the writing, and it's and th- and this could be kind of overinflated because of how like moving that first experience was for me. But it's way more about communicating how it is that this thing makes you feel. And, Hmm. and what is your perspective on it? You know, um, and being honest about that, right? Like, I think if, if you write something, if you write a bit and whatever it is that you're writing, something pissed you off, right? And you were angry about it. Like it really like. Or it was just like, it was pesky and annoying at, at, at whatever. Um, 
but when you do it the first time and you still have that in your bones, then I think at the very least it's interesting to watch. Mm. It might not be funny because it might not have those jokes yet, but if it's interesting to watch, then you have listeners and that's where I think the work begins. But if it's not interesting and you're always interesting to watch because I can see on one level or another, I'm watching you, I'm watching you do your material or do your, uh, your improv. And then I'm watching you kind of like dip out of that and go like, Mm. uh, what, what am I doing here? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's a funny, that's a real human thing because what we're doing is not natural. It's not a natural for like, so, I mean, I I can't even, I can't put a number on the majority, but certainly majority people, their deepest fear is public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Far and away. Mm. Um, and so it's, you're, when you're asking yourself, what am I doing? That's a natural human thing. Like that's the correct response yeah. to is, what's happening. So do you like that? Or is it, is, am I taking everyone out when I do that? No, I like it oh, you because do. it's, because it's, I'm engaged all the way through. You're not pretending through whatever bomb might be happening. Like you're, um, it just works because you're being honest and, uh, you know, I don't know. Think, like I said, I think that I think the the most important thing, like starting out, and I put myself myself in this category too, is just like being able to properly communicate what it is you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, just the odd, like they could be laughing because they don't know what you're saying, and that could be funny too. Right. But Which I find odds, a lot when I listen to the recordings, I feel like that's the reason why people laugh because I don't know where I'm fucking going with it. And uh-huh. I'm like, why are people laughing at this? Like I've worked so hard on this bit. Right. I wrote it out and no one's laughing. But when I go fucking like crazy, everyone's uh-huh. like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So question. When you when you sit down to write a bit or, or uh, you write most of the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Okay. You've got your premise. Mm-hmm. When you... Pick if you could like picture, kind of like with a three kind of like dimensionality. Like you've got your premise. Do you see it going one way? Like this is this is my sole perspective on it, or or like are you kind of? I guess that that feels like a leading question. What I'm trying to say is. How I think about premises now is the premise is if you build it correctly, if you set that foundation, it's kind of like a playground Mm -hmm. and anything and you just go up there with that premise long enough Mm -hmm. um, and you start to find little things in that playground. You can kind of pick it up and go, is this anything? No. Okay. What about this? Mm -hmm. And then you, okay, cool. That one's cool. You save it. Um, Instead of trying to make a story out of it right away because you're a storyteller. Like you tell, you tell stories and not like one, two, three line right. jokes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which I find right now it's like, <clears throat> I'm starting to see that it's a lot more difficult because I'm expecting laughs and when I don't get it, I get in my own head and I'll just let the story go. Like I won't finish it Yeah. or I'll rush through it to get to the funny stuff and then it, right. it, it, everything loses. So I, ha- I think what I have to do is just like build on telling the story, but having at least 
every other line, some kind of punchline, mm-hmm. right? Um, right now, dude, like I, I'm starting to write where it, nothing is structured. I just write down fucking the bit at the top, and then I'll just write bullet points of what I think could be funny with it. Yeah. And <clears throat> I notice with, and this has just always been me. I always like to go into a bit like what you're saying, just go one way and then flip it. Mm-hmm. completely flip it because that's just how I am in real life when I talk to the homies I'm like oh yeah this is how I feel and at the very end I'm like no you know what that's not how I feel and then I'll fucking that's great yeah, yeah. I don't know if it works like I haven't really found it working on stage yet but I know with my homies like that would always work for them yeah. you know so I'm trying to f- take that now and apply it to the stage which I think it's just I gotta get comfortable with the silence like you do because you said something earlier um, you were like saying Maybe it's not funny, but it's interesting. How the fuck do you see that it's interesting? Because stuffing could be interesting, but you get no reactions of people. You know what I mean? Like there's no laughs. So how do you differentiate that? Right. I think I'm. That's more of. Um, I'm saying that as an observer, mm. it's interesting to watch. Like some people are just not interesting to right. watch. Or right. Right. Hundred percent. And it's way harder, I think, for them to figure out a way into what it is we're trying to do. Um, um, and so that's kind of like an edge that I don't, I mean, I don't know if it can be taught or not. Right. But do you feel it on stage though? Do you feel like what I'm saying right now, even though I'm not getting any laughs and it's quiet, mm-hmm. people, I'm, people are paying attention. Do, like, do you feel that or, uh, I can, I can, I would listen to it, you know, because I, I, I mean, on one, on one level we're talking about comedy, right? But it also doesn't, it doesn't feel like, um, you seem genuinely, here's what it is, uh, to, you've got to be interesting. You've got to be interested to be interesting. Mm, That's good. You've got to feed, you've got to be like turned on by whatever it is that you're talking about. I see that. Yeah. Enough to like, to not really care whether you're getting the laughs, right? Like as hard as that can I be see, sometimes. Yeah, I see. You've got to take that five minutes or that eight minutes to this is, I'm, I'm going to do my best for you, right? But I'm also using this as research. Like you guys are a, a group study right now and I'm going to try to mine this audience for whatever I can and then I'm on to the next thing. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think over time, like the stuff that starts to work, it just does get downloaded into some deep subconscious thing mm. that that that's why I think it's so different when you go and watch someone that's been doing it for decades. It doesn't even f- it feels like it's otherworldly. It's like, how are they doing D- this? Right, dude. Right. And it's. um uh, B Smite was talking about how it, it is like, uh, when you're batting in the major leagues, you hit the ball before your brain even has a chance Muscle to figure memory. out what's going on. Yeah. Right? Dude, yeah. And, um, yeah. that is fucking fascinating to yeah. me because it's like, this person has been doing it so long, unless they're Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, they've been doing it for so long that. They just know what will work. And I've seen really good people bomb before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. I watched Kurt Metzger the other day at the store, and like, it was not, it was, it, I mean, like, the laughs weren't there, dude. I thought it was, I thought it was great. 
because I could see the beginning of uh, the, the bit. bit. Yeah, the right? bit. Yeah, yeah. And whether he had tried that out on stage or not yet, like I have to, as like a, I don't consider myself a, com- a comedian, but like I'm, I'm a student of this shit. There you go. Right. There you go. And, uh, to make it to the level where like the comedy store, man, the greatest on planet earth could be stopping by every single night. Yeah, dude. It's wild. And to watch them to and to make it to that level and and treat the comedy store as the gym, like as we open treat mic, the NoHo as yeah. their open Dude. mics. Wild. It's ever fascinating for Wild. Me. Um well, what's his name? Yeah. CJ was saying CJ Price was saying that on like this he was the second guy I had on this, but he was saying that he got to see Sebastian Maniscalco. He got to see him work his bits out like a year before a special came out at the store. Yeah. So he got to see what it was at the inception compared to the finished product. Yeah. And I think that is such a valuable experience to see. Uh, someone who's a comic, who's getting paid, who has a special on Netflix, but to see him work his shit out, like you said, at the gym in a fucking dungeon where he's not getting any laughs. He's just trying to figure it out yeah. to fucking getting paid X amount of money to do it live yeah. and have a special. That right there is like... You can't duplicate that. Yeah. You cannot duplicate that. You just have to go out there and see it for yourself, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's really exciting. And I'm, and, uh, and it's cool to meet people that are like trying to like tread through the same pile of shit path that we're on because like as, as dark as the odds can be, like Mm. it's, I mean... We can't control how late we started, Mm-mm. and uh, and we can't start any earlier. So, I think like if if we just look around and like and open our eyes to the fact that they're like everyone here is trying to try this out and like makes and like make some sort of a mark, right? right? Like, um, that's that's a cool thing to be a part of. Like whether whether or not we fucking get our wa- our names painted on the side of that fucking yeah, wall one day, yeah, you know, yeah. um, which we will, but, uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, what, when you, what's your, cause I know you, you did production and stuff. Mm-hmm. You've done film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the goal? What's the goal with stand up? With stand up? Ah, uh, like, like, like logistically like scale wise like yeah. what what is it that you would be like the ideal like ah i've i've defined success in my head and this is it that's a difficult question right now because i've always been the type of person who did do that who kind of like was worried about the outcome yeah, of course dude of course yeah yeah do your thing um but like focus on the outcome and like focus on what success is and I did that with film, dude, and I think that's the shit that fucking really fucked me up. It really did. Like, I thought I was going to be this guy who was from Vegas. I thought I was going to be like the Martin Scorsese of Las Vegas where I told local stories about people like us, you know what I mean? And I think what that did to me it was a detriment. I, I'm i a big reader. Um, I, I've said this on a couple podcasts now, but one of my favorite books is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Cool. By uh, Mark yeah. Manson. Yeah. And I follow him on Twitter, and he had said one of the. And this is when I first started 
comedy and literally a week before I started the podcast. But he said, he tweeted out, he was just like, don't think of yourself as an undiscovered genius. Stop that. Don't do that. He said, think of your, simplify it. What do you want to be in life? Do you want to be a student to what your career is? Do you want to be a great partner to your partner? Do you want to be a great father to your child? Don't fucking overthink it. And then I had a podcast with Armand Gorgian, and he said, don't worry about the outcome. It's your inner compass. If, sure, if that's what you want, then, then fine. But you have, to, you're, you have to put that aside and really worry about what's your heart telling you. Right. So I'm approaching this now like in, in, in such way where it's like I'm a student of comedy. I have these skills in film that I can bring to comedians and I can learn from you guys. And at the same time, we can get clips from it. You know what I mean? And yeah. the social media thing. So I'm approaching this as I have to be 110% the be not even the best comedian, but the best student of comedy. Yeah. And I will let it go from there. And right now, my inner compass is just telling me to do the podcast, do the stand-ups, work as hard as you can on both of them, fucking take out the weed. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was a huge stoner. <clears throat> and for, like, the past week, I haven't really done it. You know what I mean? I, I'll, I'll still do it, but, like, it's, like, at night. Uh -huh. But I won't ever do it again. <laughs> I, I just won't do it before I'm, a mic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that, I think I've maybe smoked once before yeah. a mic. It's awful. Yeah, awful. I heard you talk a little bit about that yeah. with with Beast Mike. Yeah, um, it's terrible. I I don't even remember how it went. I I, yeah. I must have blacked it yeah. out. But yeah. that's the whole thing now. It's like if I were to answer that question right now, honestly, it would be a thing where it's like I just want to be able to provide for a family. Sure. Right. That is my main goal right now, especially right. being thirty four, and it's just like right now the industry kind of went left. So me and my girlfriend are kind of struggling financially, and yeah. we're just kind of like we don't know and like. I just want to make sure that to the best of my ability, whatever my compass is telling me to do, which is comedy in this podcast, I'm hoping that those two things can supplement a lifestyle for me and my girl who will one day yeah, be my man. wife and the mother of my children. You know what I mean? Like, and the, honestly, the why I started the podcast, cause it's like, I would talk to all the comedians and fucking everyone would be like, you don't make any money. You don't make any money. So yeah. I was like, okay, well I got to build myself in the digital world. Mm -hmm. So the podcast and stuff like that is helping me. And like, I've had guys like comedians. You know who Mike Falzone is? Sure. Oh my Bro, god! Bro, he fucking that episode I did with Miranda. He took that reel and posted it on his story. Really? I didn't get tons of followers off it. I don't even know if I got one. But the thing is, is that dude, that's what I want. I want people to see my face digitally because it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Till they start following me. We we meet each other in real life. We have yeah. a conversation. Maybe one day, you know, he'll want to be on this podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's like it's. I had this epiphany right when I started comedy. It's like it was. It's weird. At thirty four, starting comedy is not ideal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I I think the thing about that is I I get what you, I I understand what you mean by that because of this the narrative, um, and it's not totally weightless at all. Mm. Um, um, the narrative of like you need, like Louis is inf infamous for saying this. Rock is infamous for saying this. Like it takes twenty years to yeah. find your voice, yeah. right? But I was talking to Chris, Rob, about this. Chris, uh, no, Chris Gillum. Um, also, go by one name. <laughs> Pick a fucking name, dude. Um, very funny comedian. Look him up. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. I had him on here. Um, I forgot what I was saying because I'm so fucking... I've called him Chris Rob so many times because... Is that and his name? name? And his name isn't Chris... His name is I. There's Chris Rob. Chris, oh, there's two different people. There's Chris Rob, Rob Banks, and then Chris Gillum. Chris Gillum. <laughs> these two are the same. Oh, they are. Right? Okay, okay. And I want to talk, dude. I've got so many names, but 
pick fucking pick one, dude. Um, uh, yeah, the thing about finding your voice and all that stuff, right? Like, I don't know how much better I would be if I started at eighteen. Mm. I do mm. not know. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, right? dude. But I I know for sure that like I I started when I did, mm-hmm. and I damn sure had a lot more to say then than when I was 18 years old. Dude, that's, so that's what fucking made me keep going with comedy because I was struggling like my first week or two. I didn't know if I wanted to keep doing it. I honestly was going to move back to Vegas. No joke. Really? No joke. Go back to Vegas and do the family business type shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Miranda Meadows, I knew her before I started comedy. We actually worked together. I was like a coordinator on something and she was a PA on it okay. like a year ago or something. But I ran into her in the first open mic I was here out in LA and... I was just like, we were talking. I was like, I don't know what to write about, dude. Like, I don't think this is me. I don't, I'm, I came from screenplay and it's not translating. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And she was just like, well, how old are you? I'm like 34. And she goes, bro, you have 10 years of material mm-hmm. that you're not like, more than her. Because she's, I think, 24, 25. But she's like, you got 10 more years of material than I do. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I haven't written anything. She goes, experience. Mm-hmm. What's the truth? Like, what, what did you live? And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? So that's interesting that you'd said that because I, Honestly, feel like if I even were to start eight years ago when I was twenty fucking six, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been like anywhere near as where I am now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's a. You are right in a sense that there's no better time to where start to where you started because. Right. I don't know. It, it it's just weird how fucking life works, bro. How old are you? I'll be 29 in November. 29. Damn. Yeah. You're fucking young, bro. I thought you were 23. I thought you were a college graduate. Filipinos, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's right. go. By the way, you brought up Joe Coy earlier, and yeah. I want to touch on what you said. Okay. But Joe Coy, he, he's in one of his specials, he's, he talks about like how he's like in this niche group because he's half Filipino and Filipinos don't accept him. Mm. Fuck off, yeah. Joe Coy. <laughs> dude, you look like all my uncles. Okay. Doesn't matter that you're half. You look Filipino. I'm Filipino. Too. I'm half Filipino. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. My family goes like. <laughs> if we didn't know you, you when you were a kid, we would be yeah. like, "Who is this guy?" Right. 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 Do you know? Do you? Uh, I, Joe Coy is about as much as I'm not a, a part of Joy, Joe Coy's club. He's not a part of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you're not this tortured half white half filipino guy you're a filipino dude okay it was rough growing up filipino bro i don't know how it was for you man but fucking i grew up in vegas well i went from hawaii and then i go into vegas and it was just rough dude because 10 years ago it was vegas was a different place it yeah. was like very conservative you know what i mean like yeah. filipinos how they are now and like because of social media we, filipinos blown up and what was crazy about it is <clears throat> Maybe I should make a bit out of this, but I was like when I was younger in my twenties, I would wait for the time Filipinos would blow up, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, so it's black dudes right now, so I just got to get through the Mexicans, and then like you know the the, the lighter skin we get, I was like Filipinos right. were like number four or five on the list. Right. We're gonna get there, you know what I mean? It's kind of, I feel like that's kind of what happened. It's, it's what like, happened, right? Yeah. Thank you. Right, because and even then, like everyone who ever had like an Asian fetish, they only like like Japanese or Korean dudes. And I was like, what the fuck about the Filipinos, man? What the fuck? <laughs> but now I've been in a relationship for seven years, and now Filipinos have blown up. And my girl's yeah. like, you wish you were single, right? I was like, no, but I do. Yeah, <laughs> but now, but but also, she saw she was ahead of the trend. She was, dude. 
You that's know? true. Yeah. She's a good gal, man. She's a good. I talk her about it a lot. I would. It sucks that you can't meet her. I wish she was here, but um, I don't know, man. Fuck it. Maybe it's because she's been gone for like a week, and I'm fucking really sad right now. Uh, where's she? Where's she? <laughs> she's at? in France. She's visiting family. Yeah, her, she's originally from France. Yeah. She did mention that outside of the out of the outside of the cafe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I don't know, man. It's just like one of those things where I fuck, dude. I don't know how I got so lucky, bro. I'm such a fucking scumbag. I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> such a piece of shit, bro. No, man, you seem like a cool guy. The thing is, it's it's funny, man, th- spending so much time around comedians, we really only do it in the open mic setting or at a show, right? But I th- I'm just starting to hang out outside of the context of comedy mm. with, and that's not even what we're doing here, dude. We're not even really hanging out. No, we're not. We're this working. is for you, dude. Yeah. Um, we're working on our craft while you sit and swipe on your on your Instagram. Yeah, mom, dude. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, it's funny. We we uh, don't really hang out otherwise mm. because everyone's got their own thing going on. Mm. So it's cool to like. I mean, this is the longest we've ever spoken. True. That's very true. Right. Very true. Um. Yeah. But honestly, dude, like I've I've been hanging out a lot more at like the store and stuff like that, dude. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Comedians are the best people to hang out with. It's yeah. insane how like be- I, I, I think it's just because of the honesty thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to be so authentic where you can't bullshit. And if you do, we can sniff him out. Yeah, we can sniff out a fucking bullshitter. Yeah, and it's one of and I that's what I've grown to love so much about this community because we were talking about earlier how Filipinos lie. That was me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I would. Not that I would lie to an extent where I was just like, oh, no, that wasn't me. But it would be like, yeah, I'm having fun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like on, on film sets. Are you are you OK? Yeah, I'm good, dude. I'm, I'm having a great time fucking working 18 hours a day, fucking never sitting down, fucking shitty food all day. You know what I mean? Like right. with this, dude, you cannot fucking lie. And if you do, you're going to be ostracized. You have to be the most authentic you and people will accept you. You know, people accept a dirtbag you mm-hmm. rather than a fucking polished up liar. Yeah, which is interesting because um, most of what comics do on stage is not tell the truth. To a certain extent, I think. To a certain extent. To a certain extent. I think the sentiment is true. Like with you, dude. Like yeah. like I said, I feel, I, I think that's why I'm so gravitated towards you because it doesn't feel like you're fucking bullshitting me, dude. I remember the first fucking bit you had was, uh, you had a, you were teaching, you are a substitute teacher over the summer and fucking you had a, kid from like russia or ukraine and he told that bit and i was like holy fuck if this actual event just happened today and you talked about it on stage Uh i gotta learn something from you because that is masterful for me you know what i mean like for you to experience something and then turn it into a fucking joke and you just go off on it yeah. On stage. Do you mind if I hit that, by the way? Yeah, dude. I think for, for context, thank you, by the way. What what happened was I was subbing for, I was a TA for this sum, summer school program, and there was a Russian and a Ukrainian refugee, and they did not speak a lick of fucking English. And so I get to the first day, and she's like, hey, my name is blah, 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 and, um, you know, so you'll just kind of be, like, helping me out here, and uh, we also have two, we have two refugees and I just pictured like they're <laughs> sopping wet. <laughs> sopping wet. Just like five, just like two fifth Off graders. Off the boat. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> they smell, you know, 
they just have like a loaf of bread that's also soaked. And so a fucking small bowl of soup. Yeah, they got shot four times. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like fucking what is it called? Like shocks? What is it? Like the World yeah. War One where they're P- like yeah, shell shock, shell shock. Yeah, yeah, dude. And um, and so I'm like, okay, well, what are we gonna do with them? And she goes, oh, well, you're gonna teach them English. Uh, and I was like, I. What? <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about, bro. You know it's what I said yesterday? How you just fucking say what we have in our mind, but you just say it differently. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right there, bro. You just well, right there is what I'm talking about. That's the date I love, dude. Thanks, man. Well, it was the whole like you know I studied film. T- I'm a screenwriting major, right, dude. I right. didn't study linguistics or whatever. I don't even know <laughs> if that's what it is, right? Dude, I, I knew this girl I was talking about the other day. I, she, I worked with her in Nordstrom Rack. She was a linguistics major, and she didn't learn another language. I thought that's what linguistics was. Wait, what? So she only knew English? She knew Spanish, but she... Well, I mean, it's kind of like required now in America. Right. Well, she was a, a Mexican woman, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that was that was before college and stuff. So, But I didn't... Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm not still... I'm still not, I'm still not sure what linguistics is, but... <laughs> But I didn't study that or whatever it takes to like, I got Rosetta Stone one time for, for, <laughs> for like 15 days, dude. And I was like, nah, fuck this. You know, this isn't going to help yeah. at all. I don't have the discipline. Right. <laughs> um, but she told me to, like, I was going to teach her, teach them English. And, um, and they're not any better for it. <laughs> they don't know English at all. But so, I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I'm telling you, bro, you are. I don't know how you do it, bro. I really don't know how you do it. I gotta learn. I gotta learn. I what think, goes through your mind? What goes through your mind when you're on stage and like, are you talking to yourself? I gotta figure this out, cause, dude. Um, am I talking to myself? I do do that a lot. I do talk to myself a ton. Uh, I don't, I think, I I think what it is, man, if, if there is anything to what I'm doing, I think it, it's just that I'm genuinely bewildered by half the shit that goes on around me. (laughs) There you go. I see it now. I definitely see that now. Yes. You know? Yes. And I think I got that from my dad Mm. because he just like, Whatever it was that was going on, it was such a big. I mean, it set our it set our day back by a full <laughs> thirty fucking seconds, and it was the biggest. It was the biggest deal to him. You would think that we just got carjacked, <laughs> you know, and he called us a bunch of racial slurs or whatever it was. Was he a Filipino one? He was Filipino. <laughs> He's Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> But but everything was just such a big deal to him, yeah. and um, and so I think I I probably got that lens from him, and so, and you know I mean everyone who does stand up is an overthinker, right, right, and so you'll walk away from an interaction. Still to this day, when I think of moments, um, that are, and I'm curious about this for you too. Like when I think of moments that were like so embarrassing because of the mm-hmm. way that I behaved mm-hmm. or like thing, something that I should have said, but didn't. Right. 
literally decades now have gone by and I'm still thinking. Me too, dude. That's what I should have done. Yes, me too. And so I think screenwriting and stand-up go hand in hand in that what we're doing is we're rewriting history. This is what I said, mm. even though it's not what I said. Mm. This is what I did um, because we can't stop thinking about it. And, if, and in order for us to fix it in our heads, we've got to make it into what we grew to want it to be. I see what you were saying now about earlier, how you were just like, yeah, we are authentic, but sometimes we do lie. That's good because yeah. yes, yes, I see that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man. I mean, when what's 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 a moment that you look back on in like early childhood or, or middle school or something where you go like, because back back then, dude, like I don't, Today might be a little bit different. Like, like I work with kids still, but like, so that I think they might have a little bit better of a sense of who they are. But, but still, like, like I'll listen to them and go, like, yeah, you didn't come up with that. Mm-hmm. You're just regurgitating shit mm-hmm. your fucking parents said this morning. I oh okay, I see what you, you mean. Know? Yeah. What, what's an example of something that like you think back on and go like, man, I literally start to perspirate when I think about it. Because of what? Because, because of, of the way it made me feel or I embarrassed myself. Uh, I would probably fucking, if I were to pick anything, it'd be like, I should have stuck up for myself more in high school. Mm. I should have. But I was just like, I didn't know how to fight. Damn, I thought I did. People picked on you? Oh my gosh, dude. It was ridiculous. Shit. It was fucking ridiculous, dude. Because, you know, like I said, it was, Vegas was very, completely different at the time, but I was fucking, you know, I had acne and... Oh. I, Me too. Yeah, and that was obviously in high school. That's a huge thing. I would mean, I, I would get fucking made fun of from girls on the cheerleading squad, but they would have acne too. <laughs> but because they were a cheerleader and I was unathletic, I was not. I wasn't like I played baseball and whatever. But I would always, you know, I wasn't the best. But it was just one of those things where I don't know. I was, I'd always get fucking picked on, and it wasn't until I started using kind of like the Filipino charm, you know what I mean, to take their insults and flip it on its head. To where I started gaining respect from actual like jock athletes, and then I got popular. Mm-hmm. But fucking high school was rough, bro. The first two years, man. I mean, what rough. do you think? I mean, did you go to a uh, big high school, small high school? I went to a small high school. It was the only Catholic high school in Vegas at the time. Okay. Yeah. First of all, how just Catholic high school? Yeah, or it was just Catholic high school. Did- I mean, other people of denominations were there, but it was uh, it was literally Bishop Gorman, Bishop. So it's Catholic. Did you go to church before? Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up Catholic my whole life. That's that's what it is, dude. That's why you're so. That's why you lie, huh? Because you're. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't Catholic, but the guilt. It's like the Catholic guilt, dude. Like you're going like. That's why I th- may maybe right. I'm gonna project a little bit, but uh-huh. I think it's two things: the Filipino, right, and you're full Filipino, right? Yeah. Filipino and you grew up Catholic. So like the Catholic guilt is installed, right? Right, and then 100%. The, the expectations on the Filipino side, yeah. right? Like th- if you're not meeting those expectations, the easiest thing to do is lie. Right, right. Because that takes... It, the responsibility, the fucking like... Yeah, and... um I and it might not do it might not do that, right? But you but it might make you feel a little bit better 
if right. you rewrite the narrative, Dude. even though you're not convincing at it yet. Right. 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 Um, that's just a, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if that's anything, but the Catholic thing makes a lot of sense because I think that might be why you, you kind of like for that first week, like you had kind of had your tail in between your legs mm-hmm. as far as stand up goes mm-hmm. is because like, it's like, what am I doing here? Right. Yeah, dude. Right. And it was crazy. Cause one of the notes I got from, I think it's, I forget who it was, but he was just like, yo, like you need to fucking like find the funny from the authenticity. Don't lie. Cause I had this whole bit about how I was on a walk and I saw a guy burying his dog and then it fucking happened. But he literally right after that, he was just like, yo, like you can't, we can tell just like pick something out of your day that you thought was funny and then just talk about that. You know what I mean? And that was so hard for me to do. It took me months to get to there. It took me months. To, I mean, I've only been doing it for three months, so it's not, right. you know, <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> that's funny. I don't, I don't know if it's. I don't think there are any hard and fast rules with stand-up. No, there's not. I'm really learning the hard way. Yeah. 20 episodes in, I'm like, there's no... But the thing is that I'm taking so many gems from everybody, dude. Like, uh-huh. the one thing that, I've, that I'm so thankful for, Miranda Meadows, she was just like, I've, you see it, I get in my head way too much. And she said, don't do that before your first show. Get in your body. Go out for a run, go to the gym, do something, but get yep. in your body. And as soon as she said that, dude, I was like, oh. Because I can see it with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When she's on stage and shit like that. I don't know if you've ever seen her, but dude, no. she is like one of the fucking just, she just, she's herself on stage. Okay. And she, it's like one of those things where she can't even help it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the shit that comes out of her mouth. I don't know if it was prepped. I don't know if she thought about it before, but it's just in the moment present. And she's just, she, she was like, don't just be funny, be funny. And it clicked. I was like, holy fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what I was missing the whole time. I was thinking that it had to be in like an intellectual thing where I had to be funny, but it's not. Like I was class clown, yeah. so it was just like one of those things where I just can be myself almost. Yeah. And if I'm comfortable, it, it'll come out. But if like I'm still a little shy, so if it's like a new like <clears throat> if I go to a different open mic, I bomb all the time. Mm-hmm. Bomb every single fucking new mic I go to, I fucking bomb. Yeah. It'll take maybe like the third or fourth time to where everyone's like, I'll get a chuckle, but I bomb every single time. Yeah. I think part of the, I mean, me too, yeah. man. Uh, I think. I think part of the thing with the bombing is that, I mean, it's all about your objective mm-hmm. here, right? Like you've right. got the, you've got the, the kind of lower level objective, which is to make this crowd laugh. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this kind of like eclectic group of people, like they came from all over the place, especially at a show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you've witnessed this. There could be the same eight or nine people in an open mic. The next hour is completely, completely different. different. Yesterday, right? Improv yes. to open mic, completely yes. different. And I think there might have been one or two other people. Yeah, I think I honestly think it was one. I think it was the last guy, Matt Burns. Yeah, I think that was it. So uh, there's like the 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 kind of like lower scale or whatever it is, kind of like micro goal is to make this group of people laugh and then the macro is you're this is all the mics you do today is one more stripe on that pile of paint Mm. right and you just keep doing that and i think the steps that you the improvements that you make are almost sub perceptual you don't you don't think that you left any better but never 
Right. Never. But you, but you did it and you have gotten better. So like that's, that's proof of concept. Man. True. Like, do you record all your sets? All of them. Okay. All so them. if you looked at your first, second, third, fourth, oh God, and then the Rough. ones you did yesterday, Rough. you know, there have been improvements. Um, and I think with everybody too, dude, especially you, like the first time I saw you, I think I was about a month in when I yeah. first saw you. And then now I'm just like, holy shit, dude. It's wild to see just what two months can do, right? Yeah, it's wild, bro. It, it's also not like an like a exclusively upward trajectory. No, you know, like never. I think my first year, I I waited almost exactly a year to do my first show. Holy fuck! And I and I I did ten minutes. I produced that first show. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, nice. And. I mean, no one else was booking me, so that was yeah, what I had okay. to do, right? And then, and then I started getting booked, right? But, mm. um, but I, I waited that first year, but the but that first year, I was still tripping out about the fact that like I was doing stand up. Mm -hmm. It was open mics, but mm -hmm. it was I was doing stand up, like I was hanging around comics, yeah. you know, like s s a few of which have since been passed at the store and like are doing the factory and the improv and stuff. Great. Um, so kind of just tripping out about that, but I did way more mics that first year than I have so far my second, uh, or than I did in my second. Um, and then this half year, I think it's just more about like, yes, getting those reps in, but also like, I don't want to make this too much of like a woo woo thing, but like just waking up and doing my best to just believe that um, I'm, I'm taking the right steps here, man. Like I'm doing the mics, I'm writing, mm -hmm. I'm hanging out with comics. Mm -hmm. Like, and if I don't get anything else from it, I'm having a great time doing right. it. Right. And I think like, you know, if I were to get past at the store tomorrow, I, it wasn't that hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I like that I'm having a difficult time right, right now. I, I genuinely do. Would it, would it be sick to be, you know, like middling for whoever? Right. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. But I mean, everyone wants that, dude. I was on a film set the other day for a, a short for Fujifilm and, Nice, um, dude, I did something for them. Oh really? Like a couple years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like a producer, and my homie was the director and DP. By chance, was it for All Cells Vinyl? No, it was no. A, a camera that we were coming out with. It was like a new camera that could do like oceanography. Like I don't want it's not oceanography. It was like they could shoot in the water type uh -huh. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was on set for for this thing, All Cells Vinyl, and like it was just background and stuff. But like, dude, I was I was there for like twelve hours, and. I mean, it took no time at all mm -hmm. for one of the actors to start. I mean, like actors only talk about one thing every <laughs> 11 minutes, which is like <laughs> how fucking no one understands how bad they want to be an actor. And I'm like, dude, you're sitting in a room full of full actors, actors. Yeah. <laughs> and you're bitching about a thing that you're currently waiting to do. You're headed to wardrobe oh, yeah, in like 10 yeah, minutes yeah, and dude. you actually have yeah. lines. So yeah. suck my dick. <laughs> 
fucking asshole, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Fucking A, man. I, I don't want to fucking talk bad about actors because I've got really good friends who are actors. Sure. But goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn, bro. Fuck. Um, but it it's just like we don't have to uh we don't have to wait 12 hours to do our right, thing. Exactly. Yeah, dude. That's why I fell in love with comedy, dude. I tell people all the time, it fucking when you do a short film, you're that's months of your life, thousands of dollars of your life. Yep. Right? And when you show someone, they're going to fucking lie to you, especially uh-huh. if it's a homie. Oh, that was great. You know what I mean? Comedy is one of those things where you cannot fucking lie. Mm-hmm. You fucking come up with something, you go test it out on the mic, and the feedback is honest. Yep. And that's what, and dude, that's the honesty is what I love about comedy. Yeah. And you got to have five bucks and just a little bit of balls. Yeah. That's it. That's and it. And they will tell you, they could be, they could be, I think, I think they can be wrong. I think the audience can be wrong. Sometimes sure. you walk into a mic and we've both done this. We've done well on stage. Mm-hmm. We've done our job, right. but. It's a shitty yeah, mic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's good. It's be, a bad yeah, hour. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. Um, but at the same time, it's like the, it, that feedback is automatic. It's like it's immediate. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, and and then another kind yeah. of like ancillary like detail is like the, the the. I think a lot of comics have problems with this. Like when they think something is funny, it's like, oh, that's funny. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah, make a yeah, sound yeah. with their body. Right. Yeah. They'll just. On their phone. Yeah. Type it oh, in. The that, notes. Was, yeah. that was good. That yeah. was good. And then they'll go like, oh, that, hey, that was fucking it's like, well, well, why didn't you laugh, bitch? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, I'm just having a great time doing it, man. Yeah. And uh, and meeting like people like you that are like on, you know, th- a, a similar path, but with a different background. Mm. Um, and I I think like just the ability to trip out on the fact that like we we made a decision to do this thing and we're doing it with mm. next to no evidence that yeah. it's going to work. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think we're going to be coming, like in my experience anyway, I'm going to be coming out of this experience, whether I make it or not. I'm going to be coming out with honestly one of the most authentic and great friend, like the greatest yeah. friends I've ever made. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those things for me. Like that's, if, if I can just, if I don't make it... <clears throat> which I probably won't, but if I come out of this and I can have a handful of friends that I know 20 years from now, we can fucking grab a beer, do a fucking podcast, talk, shoot the shit. Right. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. You know, like that's, that, that's more than any amount of money that I can take because I've had friends come and go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, some of them, I wish they hadn't gone, mm-hmm. you know, and no amount of money can bring that person back into my life. Right. You know, no matter what I do. So the friendships that I'm making, people I'm meeting, to me, that's, as of right now, is what I'm enjoying the most. Yeah. You know, um, we are coming up on fucking hour 20 here, but I do want to... No wanna, shit. Yeah, I do want to ask you this. How it has, com- has comedy helped you in teaching or has teaching helped you in comedy? Like what... Um, I think... Just logistically, last year I had a long-term gig that let me like write for like three hours nice. out of the day. Uh, so I think that's helped with comedy. But it also, you know, like the they don't. It kind of writes itself, man. Like all you just have to do is listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that it that it's it's helped with is like just 
like being able to see through a child's eyes is something that I haven't really gotten a whole lot of exposure to because, you know, like I have nephews and a niece, but they're kind of far away now. So like being around that, um, I mean, stuff, the older we get, stuff is less and less novel. And so every, like, so lots of stuff happens to them and it's all novel. Mm. It's all fucking new. They Mm. haven't dealt with this stuff before. Mm. Um, And I think that's helped with comedy because yes, it does write itself, but it's also like, if I can just kind of like appreciate the fact that this little thing happened to me, dude, I almost got hit by a car yesterday skating by oh, fuck. uh i'm gonna start carrying dead batteries to just yeah just chuck them dude yeah dude Tri- <clears throat> i mean what's the big fucking cylinder one like That's- v9 or v8 yeah. i don't know um but just like appreciate like ah oh, that could have been better but it could have been worse and like you know not not be so hard on myself about the fact that like i used to hate that i was an overthinker man mm, like yeah dude. it's only it's only gonna help if we, if we think that we've got a shot at it, man, and I think you have a shot at it, dude. I really do. Like when you say like you're probably not going to make it, like I get that it's it's like it's. I hope most of it is in jest. I get that like the <laughs> yeah, odds can yeah. be you know whatever yeah. for you, but also like you it's you're we're both starting out, but you're really just starting out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have you're just you just are getting better. Thank you, know? you man just by that like repetition and like yeah. trying i don't know man so as far as teaching goes man um it sucks <laughs> don't do it dude stop trying to get me to be a teacher i've never subbed for a teacher and them not gone yeah you should get your credential i love it dayton <clears throat> well off that dude we're fucking let's tell the people where they can find you on socials yeah, man. Um, at Dayton Rololazo. Uh, I'll give it. You, you've got it. Yeah. So you can tag it in the thing. Yeah. But um, and then the Spam and Eggs podcast, dude, where we're, we'll just where we're figuring it out. Yeah. And, and I'll I, link it. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, I'll link it at the bottom, as I always do. Dayton, bro. Thank you so much for coming in today on short, short, such short notice. This fucking vodka, whatever the fuck you brought over here is getting me spinny. Cool, man. Me too. But dude, I appreciate you, brother. Yes. You're fucking awesome, bro. And again, thank you for everyone for watching. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you, bro.